0: Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins falling in week four of the 2022 regular season to the Cincinnati Bengals by a final score of 27-15. to Lots to talk about. We're going to dive into it here today on this Friday episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's good, all guys? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Your host, Kyle Krabs, uh, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of thedraftnetwork.com, your host. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 a month. Check out your special offer for Locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That is bright, B-R-I-T-E dot co forward slash locked on. The Dolphins are three and one. And I think that's, uh, that, that's an important place to, to lead here because as we talk about this game, there's not going to be a lot of good that comes from the actual uh, discussion centered around the game. Uh, the Dolphins entered the fourth quarter of this contest against the Bengals with a 15 to 14 lead. Uh, but of course, the main storyline is that Tua Tagovailoa was knocked out of this game, stretchered off the field, taken to a, a medical center in Cincinnati for evaluation for head and neck injuries. It would later be revealed that he suffered a concussion. And everybody out there wants to uh, connect the dots between the injury that Tua suffered that was originally described as a head injury and then later diagnosed as a back injury for Tua Tonga Valoa, a low low back injury, um, and connect the dots from that experience to this experience. And the only thing that I'm going to say in this regard is that we do not currently have the information that we need to be upset, bothered, or have any firm understanding of any connection that could exist between the two. And until we do, like, You can speculate, you can try and connect the dots, you can have an opinion, you're entitled to an opinion, but there are no facts right now. The facts that exist is that Tua on Sunday was observed by independent physicians, cleared concussion protocol, returned to the game, played. Four days later, the Dolphins play on Thursday night football. Tua takes a sack on a play in which I think it was all that much more frustrating because it felt like an avoidable play. Um. To either make a decision to, to throw the ball away or, or kind of just scramble for a few yards and get down, regardless. Oh, well, I think that that was what was, I think the biggest gut punch for me is like, man, this was so avoidable for Tua Tangavaloa. We learned after the game, uh, he was uh, released. He was allowed to travel with the team based on the medical professional advice that was dictated to him uh, and the team from the medical professionals at the Cincinnati Medical Center that Tua Tungvalo was at. So, like, let's let's get that part out of the way, right? I I think that's obviously the main storyline is the Dolphins' starting quarterback did not play the second half of this football game. Tua finished 8 of 14 for 110 yards, uh, one interception on a ball thrown uh, downfield, intercepted by Von Bell. Teddy Bridgewater in his absence, 14 of 23 for 193 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, that interception coming at an untimely juncture in the game. Uh, because as we shift our focus from the discussion around Tua back to the game that pl- was played, oh, the Dolphins were down 20 to, to 15, and they were driving and in, in Cincinnati territory and got down near the red zone with about three minutes left in the game. And a miscommunication between Bridgewater and Mike Gusecki and next thing you know, uh, Von Bell's, presumably making the catch. I don't know. It looked like it might have not been in possession, but again, it was ruled an interception, and therefore it's an interception. And it was run all the way back, put Cincinnati in Dolphins territory, uh, and Cincinnati scored a late touchdown to put that game on ice. But this was a a one-score game, 20-15, to Dolphins down near the red zone in the final three minutes and a chance to win the football game. At the end of the day, uh, this was all the things that we were worried about The Dolphins coming into this game from a home environment. That Cincinnati crowd, you tip the cap to them. Uh, They were very engaged in the game. The Bengals said they set a a home uh, capacity record for this game. Um, The Dolphins attrition from the roster. Uh, Xavier Howard suffered a setback with his groin injury. He finished the game on the sideline. The Dolphins trying their best to contain Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, with Joe Burrow throwing the ball, with what effectively became Keon Cross and Nick Needham and Cader Kohu as your three corners. That's that's a hard ask, and you know Cincinnati, the big touchdown that they scored, the T. Higgins 59-yard touchdown reception, uh, was a play that Xavier Howard kind of misread the ball on. It looked like he mis- misread the ball on. And uh, if he'd have kept going full stride, it, it probably would have hit Xavier Howard in the face. Uh, but he kind of, maybe it looked like he was reading, expecting back shoulder throw. The throw was not a back shoulder throw and T Higgins stacks him and he's a big physical guy and, and he gets separation. Xavier can't make the tackle and, and it's off to the races in a 59 yard touchdown. So um, I think one of the things that is a silver lining for Miami in this game is I did think the running game showed some life. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 15 for 69, had a 25-yard run. He was on a toss. I would love to see more of that in the Dolphins' offense, regardless of whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Tua Tungvaloa at quarterback. Now, we'll find out in time uh, what the timeline looks like for Tua Tungvaloa's recovery. Obviously, it's not the most important thing right now. Um, but the Dolphins have 10 days to get healthy. And I'm looking at Byron Jones. I'm looking at Zavian Howard. I'm looking at Hunter Long because for as much as we want these perimeter runs, the Dolphins don't have a tight end on the roster right now that can provide you with the seal on the edge to set a hard edge and allow your backs to get outside. They just don't. Durham Smite's a nice player, but he's not that player. And he cannot do it. And it should not be a surprise because we have plenty of a sample size of Durham Smythe as an NFL player, and he's never been that player. So you kind of see where the flaws are and what the Dolphins, you thought they wanted to do offensively. And that exists in large part because there's a missing link on the line of scrimmage with a tight end that I don't think has the ability to really set a hard edge and create a seal and, and win as a blocker. Uh, you you think about the depth at corner? Well, you know people asked at the beginning of the the training camp, what happens if Savian Howard and, and Byron Jones both are out? What's corner look like? Well, yeah, it's a nightmare because you you've got forty million dollars in payroll on Pro Bowl caliber corners and all an All Pro caliber corner who's not on the field. The Dolphins lived that last night, and that's four days off the heels of what they did defensively in the marathon against Buffalo. So. You add all that up, and, and it's, it's too much to overcome. And as a result, you lose the football game. And I think the score was uglier than what the game was competitive-wise. Now, Miami left their opportunities out on the field. And we'll talk about those uh, as soon as we talk about our friends over at Bright Co. Don't be that guy. Goes viral. bad pro- Proposal gone bad. Lose the ring. It'll live in infamy. Once it's on the internet, it's there forever. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, if you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Opening possession for the Dolphins. Um, Chase Edmonds drops a would-be touchdown in the back of the end zone. And for as good and as, as bright as the flashes have been for Chase Edmonds, five rushes for six yards, had an angle route over the middle that he caught. He had two catches for 14 yards, did score a, t- a touchdown. And it was a really great effort. But the defining play, when I think of Chase Edmonds against the Bengals, was the throw he could not collect that cost the Dolphins four points. Um, on the team's opening possession. And I'm waiting for an opening possession that finishes the way that it has the potential based on the way it starts. And the Dolphins move the ball really well in the opening script. They move the ball really well in the opening script. But you got three points. And Cincinnati got seven on theirs. And they went down the field with ease. And then the Dolphins' defense kind of buckled down and Miami finds themselves up 15-14 to 14, and then the fourth quarter happens. Uh, The kicking game, missed opportunities, mixed extra point, missed field goal. That's uh, that's not a a winning recipe. And quite frankly, I think the special teams in general has been tough to start the season. You're not really getting a lot of dynamic play in either return game. You now have Jason Sanders who missed two kicks, including an extra point. That took four points off the board. Would have been 15 to, or 27 to, to 19. And then, of course, against Baltimore, you give up the 103-yard return to open the game. Thomas at a bright spot again. He uncorked a 66-yarder. He did have one short punt, but uh, I thought he more than redeemed himself with with the the big kick that he had. As I think about um, the rest of the team, and I look big picture at the Dolphins, they're 3 and 1 through 4 games. And I think that's that's where I'm going to come back to here because I know there's a there's a lot of worry right now. There's a lot of fretting, there's a lot of uneasiness, there's a lot of uncertainty. When will the Dolphins starting quarterback be back? How long will they play with Teddy Bridgewater? Will they regret dropping this game? At the end of the day, the Dolphins are 3 and 1. We got a net considering what the the situation could have been we got a net positive medical report for Tua Tungvaloa versus the initial impression on the field now you've got 10 days and let's let's hope the dolphins make the absolute most of it you've got a chance to come back healthy and we're transitioning out of what we all largely assumed was the most difficult stretch before December for the team so if that means that Tua Tonga Malone needs to take his time to get healthy, take your time and get healthy. Oh, well, Teddy Bridgewater, say say what you will about the high points and low points of Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm sure there are plenty of Dolphins fans that are out there that want to see Skylar Thompson. We'll see what decision the coaching staff makes. Teddy was 14 of, of 23. He did have the 64-yard completion to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek finished with 10 for 160 on 14 targets. Uh, quiet night for Jalen Waddle. One touchdown and one interception for Teddy Bridgewater. Quarter, quarterback rating of 80.2. Um, if you get that kind of yardage efficiency from Teddy, you can live with that. And you. Th- this is why you pay Teddy Bridgewater $6 million to be here this year. To be a backup quarterback and be ready if he's called upon. And right now he's called upon. And he will be called upon until further notice when we have a more definitive answer on how well Tua Tagovailoa is and how he bounces back from what was obviously a very scary situation on Thursday Night Football. Um, but if I'm trying to keep this in perspective, this was not a by all initial reports after the game, it was not a catastrophic injury to your starting quarterback. You are 3-1. and one. You're now transitioning into a stretch of play. Or you have the New York Jets in 10 days. Hopefully you get Xavier Howard, right? You get Byron Jones back. Maybe you get Hunter Long back. That can really help you in both phases. And then Minnesota. Let's get through the Jets. Let's get through the next 10 days and play the Jets and see what happens. And depending on what happens in that situation, we might be uneasy. But at the end of the day, I think if I if 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 the Dolphins, you look at what our original expectations were for the team. And obviously, when you start three, you you get all excited, right? Law of averages comes into play. And I think it's very important for us to keep the perspective as fans of this team that the Dolphins in their last 12 games before last night are 11 and one. Let that sink in. The Dolphins are 11 and two in their last 13 football games. You're not going to win them all. And we knew coming into this game that the adversity that existed was a lot for the Dolphins to have to overcome. And they put themselves in position to be there. And they faltered in the fourth quarter of the game. Because of attrition, because of injuries, because of a turnover. It is what it is. And hopefully our friends up north take note. It is what it is. The Dolphins lost. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for it. What I am going to do is try and keep things in perspective and talk about moving forward. Because that's all we can control, right? And we've heard plenty of Dolphins players talk about the perspective that Mike McDaniel brings of adversity and mistakes are a chance to learn and grow, no matter how big the mistake is. And for this Dolphins team, okay, you just got bit. You know, you took some pretty nasty lumps last night, and because it was on prime time, surely the dolphins will continue uh, to, to be taken for granted. I do think it is an interesting note, not that, um, uh, but since the start of the 2020 season, the dolphins are 23, 13 and one, I believe, against the spread, they were 11 and five. Nine and eight. doesn't matter. The Dolphins significantly outperformed the betting odds. And a game like this, if you think about the Dolphins, is going to be the big picture impression that a lot of people have of the Miami Dolphins. So do not be surprised for the next month. If the Dolphins continue to win, they're going to continue to be disrespected as far as the general narrative, and because of the, or and in in the point spread and the betting, that's fine. It's fine. Let's take care of our own. Let's let's tend our own field, and let's make sure that when the Dolphins come out of this next stretch, you've got four games in October. Two at home, two and on the road, at Jets. Home against Vikings, home against Steelers at Lions. Can you go 3-1 and one again? If you go 3-1 and one again, obviously you're sitting at 6-2. and two. You're going to be a really, really strong positioning for the back half of the season. And then obviously you set yourself up with, at Chicago, home against Cleveland, home against Houston, at San Francisco. Everything you wanted for the Dolphins is still out in front of you. Now, we don't have finite response, responses as as far as when the Dolphins team will be whole. We don't know how long some of these injuries are, but it's one of those things that we can't really control. And um, if we have the trust that we think we do in Mike McDaniel, the team from a scheme perspective will get right. Now, I thought there were some game situation type stuff yesterday that um, surprised me a little bit for Mike McDaniel, and we'll talk about that now. couple opportunities for the Dolphins down in the low red zone last night against the Bengals where the Dolphins handled it very conservatively. Uh, they took the points. They had a couple drives. Make sure I get this right. I know that obviously the opening possession got down inside the five yard line and the Dolphins kicked the field goal from the four yard line. I was surprised that they settled. They went 9 for 70 in 4 minutes and 14 seconds. Raheem Mostert or or Chase Edmonds cannot complete the catch in the back of the end zone. Hit him in the hands. Got both feet down. Dolphins kick on 4th and 4 from the 5. So it actually was not even 1st and goal. The Dolphins' other possession. They're down 14 to 12. They go 70 plays, 88 yards in 3 minutes and 38 seconds. They have 4th and goal from the 2. They kick another field goal. I was surprised. You know, the Dolphins' defense to this point in the game had played well. Well, they had forced one, two, three, four of the previous five possessions did not result in points, and the one that resulted in points was because T. Higgins literally took the entire possession, the entire length that the Bengals had to go to score in one play. 10 plays, 47 yards, turnover on downs. 3 plays, 5 yards, punt. 3 plays, 58 yards, touchdown. That's a 59-yard touchdown from T. Higgins. End of half, 5 plays, 8 yards. 4 plays, 20 yards, punt, punt. You get down on the 2-yard line, you're trailing by 2 points, 14-12. to And you elect, after getting a big play from Teddy Bridgewater to, to Tyreek Hill for 64 yards, you elect to kick the field goal. I was surprised. This is the same Mike McDaniel team that went it on fourth and seven at the 40-yard line against the Patriots to open the season at the end of the half. I get there's a take-the-points dynamic, but law of averages says, you know, within the five-yard lines, you get one of them. And I understand with the second one, Teddy Bridgewater is playing, and, and it's not your starting quarterback, so maybe your game script and the plays that are on your play sheet aren't really tailored to Teddy Bridgewater. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, where's the aggressiveness, right? This was kind of the, the wheelbarrow for Mike McDaniel that existed after week one, up in smoke. You kick two field goals inside the five-yard line. And then fast forward to the end of the game, you're losing by five points. Something to watch. We will um, batten down the hatches here, and uh, we'll get through the weekend. We got college football ahead. Hopefully, everybody can, can kind of find some stability in the midst of what happened. Hopefully, we get some answers as far as uh, Tua to Tungvaloa's health, and we get continued clarity on that throughout the course of the day, today on Friday and throughout the weekend. Um, but there, there was not a lot of good. From Miami. I think some of the, the running game with Raheem Mostert, you could point to is a good Teddy Bridgewater having a 64 yard explosive play with Tyree Kill was good. Gutsy performance from the defense, but just undermanned attrition, injuries, very difficult home or road environment to play in. You just didn't have enough. And that's gonna happen sometimes. So we'll get back on the horse next week. We'll start getting ready for the Jets on Monday. Uh, keep it locked in here on Locked On Dolphins. We'll bounce back; they always do. And uh, yeah, make it a great rest of your weekend, guys. It's uh, it's a shame not to be in victory Monday or victory Friday in Club Dub, but uh, I, I have the utmost confidence that the Dolphins. This is a good team, and they will bounce back. Fins up.